0: Welcome to the Legal Marketing Studio, a bi weekly podcast devoted to examining successful marketing strategies driving new business development at law firms from the largest international firm to the solo attorney. In every episode, you'll find actionable takeaways that you can implement immediately. The podcast is a production of Picture More Business, a corporate photography studio with a core focus on the legal industry. I'm Michael Meyer, the host of the Legal Marketing Studio. In this episode, I am joined by Jasmine Sandler. Jasmine is a global keynote speaker trainer, author, and consultant in digital marketing and social selling for global B2B organizations. She's the founder and CEO of Agency Online Marketing, a Manhattan-based online branding agency specializing in SEO and social media since 2006. Today, we're going to talk about the process she has developed to help global executives build, grow, and protect strong online reputations, leading to developing new business for their organizations Jasmine, welcome to the Legal Marketing Studio. Thank you for having me, Mike. Fantastic. We're really going to be talking about personal branding, uh, especially at the executive level. Right. But before we get too far into it, when we talk about either a brand generally or about a personal brand, what do you mean by that? Because I know different people think of branding differently.
1: Yeah. So, well, I think the two are different yet similar. I write about this a lot like on co.com. So when you think about a traditional brand and you think about branding, right? It's about building a story, having an impact, it resonance, right? So I'll just take old school stuff cuz I come from Madison Avenue old school, you know, working with like brands like Pepsi and Kentucky Fried Chicken. So you see a symbol, you see a message and you have a recall. You have a taste, a sight, a sound, you know, with that brand. So that's on the corporate side. I think the personal brand is actually a little bit different in how it's similar, I'll start with that, a brand gets big because of the attributed value to that brand, right? So a personal brand can't get big unless it has a strong attributed value. That's what they have in common. But what the, where the difference lies is the personal brand is all about authenticity, It's all about the work that I do with my clients. The first thing is I sit down with them to try to figure out how are they different? What's unique about them? What story are we going to tell? Why are they better than X, Y, and Z? And I always say, how are you a rock star? That's how I think of people, right? And how are you going to build engagement with your audience, right? So a personal brand, the approach is different, at least the way that I I deliver that. I think the approach has to be different because it's it's a human connection versus just, you know, putting an ad campaign out there. So they're a
0: little bit different, but they're also in a way related, especially in the B2B space. Absolutely. In that you're building that personal brand to sell the company brand. Yep. How do you view that relationship between the two and how one supports the other and perhaps where that goes wrong sometimes?
1: Yeah, good question. So, you know, law firms, right? So I've worked with a few of them and... Um, you know, what I try to do is get out their sense of humor. Anybody that's listening, right? Get out your personality because you're inevitably like the thought leader. You're the one that is spending your time, although you are a partner, or an associate or whatever your title is at a law firm. You're inevitably a salesperson for your firm, right? So when you do it right. When you're out there supporting your your company brand and you're out there and you are carrying that message in such a way that's going to deem you as a thought leader, that's going to raise the value of your corporate brand. And that's the whole point of thought leadership. On the public side, I also do a lot of training and I would talk about the importance of branding internally. So building advocacy with the people that work for you is just as important because again, that supports the value of the corporate brand. Now, whether people leave or stay or jump to another law firm from an, I see this all the time because I have a lot of friends that are lawyers. They jump from firm to firm because they don't really like the culture or they find that the sales environments are too hard. And I think that if law firms can take cues from other industries on how they are more human to their audiences and how they build culture. That's what, that's where I've seen like the difference in the gaps in the success, you know? So I think that's just super important to think about as you're building the personal brand and where I see that go wrong. When companies either they dismiss, they have I.E. no brand, no personal brand that's supporting a company brand, and then here's somebody at a competitor that's just out there speaking. You know, uh, we do a lot of work at my company with um, developing our clients as speakers and authors, right? So, if they don't have that and they don't invest in that, and then somebody off, somebody else goes off and does that, then they're just they're hurt, and it's not because their firm isn't greater than the other firm; they're just not visible. So that's really. Really important. And the other piece I would say that can hurt a company, obviously in our world has to do with online reputation and reputation in general. And when I do my keynote speeches, I always talk about number three and benefits to personal branding is reputation. I always think it's the most important thing because, you know, people buy based on your reputation. They're not going to buy from someone that has a bad business reputation. If they do, they're just dumb. <laughs> so, so building a reputation in such a way that people trust and like you is the only way they're actually going to call you anyway. And what does that do for the corporate brand? It builds that kind of like intangible trust around the corporate brand.
0: You've mentioned visibility. You've mentioned thought leadership. I'm curious what kind of goals, what kind of initiatives that building a personal brand really helps to support? Like, What is the goal that someone should be turning to building their own personal brand to really achieve?
1: So there's five goals that are usually that I usually see with my clients. Uh, they're not all law firms. I mean, they're B2B companies and executives. So one is, is definitely they want to get on more boards, more qualified boards. And... Um, That's pretty important to them, you know? It's it's just your next level in your career and as a professional. So that's a benefit of personal branding for sure. Another benefit obviously is being the key salesperson. You're out there and people are gonna come to you, they're gonna recall, again, to go back to traditional branding, your name. And think of you when they think of, like I just had a client in construction law, so they might think Thomas Welby, right? Construction law. That means he's doing a great job with personal branding. There's that sales, that recall element of it. Another uh, benefit for uh, many of my clients is they, especially, I don't really work with anyone that's under like 15 years of experience. So as you can see, see they have long careers and they're like, looking to take a next step. So a lot of them want to get paid as speakers or they want to write the book. They want to write their book finally. These are things that we can make happen with personal branding and, you know, it helps them to kind of branch out from what they're doing. Another piece I would say that's important with personal branding just in general, which is a whole conversation, is about being the advocate within the company that is going to develop other advocates underneath the partner. And that is critically important for culture, for hiring, for talent acquisition, for better ratings in social media, better ratings on Glassdoor, like all those things.
0: You know, you talked about sort of that name recognition in that answer, Uh, And, you know, lawyers at big firms have the reputation of their firm behind them, Mm -hmm. but at smaller firms or mid-sized firms, you don't necessarily have that reputation of a big, well-known brand essentially behind you. Does that personal brand help level the playing
1: field at all? Yes, it can. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, it can. But it takes time, effort and money, but it definitely can. I mean, that's the whole point of internet marketing in my mind is that you can be a small business owner, whether it's a law firm or anything else. And if you do your job right, you know, your branding is your perception, you, you know, the, it's your own perception of the value of something, right? So if you can do a very good job of branding yourself and you get, you get called an expert, let's say, and whatever then people will put you up there with others and you become an influencer. And that's really, at the end of the day, that's what I want to deliver for my clients. How can I make you an influencer inside of the organization and outside? So, and what happens is, even with the small business owners or solo lawyers, you know, if they build a strong brand, then what happens, then they get a following. And the following is what drives the value. So definitely they should think about it.
0: At the beginning of that answer, you. Alluded to the cost of buy in of what it takes to do this. And that, so I think that's a great segue to the process of doing this and to the kind of commitment that it takes mm-hmm. because it doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen easily. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, briefly, not sort of getting too nitty gritty, but at a very high level, what is the buy in going to be? How much time does it take? And what does the process look like to kind of make? a really strong personal brand and to get it out
1: there to be realistic you have to commit for at least a year you know so that's number one there has to be a time commitment and when i say a time commitment it's about being reasonable with your expectations i love what you said that it takes work and time because it does you know and there's so many elements to this so i'll tell you a little bit about the process at least for us right so our process starts with personal brand strategy and I don't do anything, any, any work without a strategy for any client, whether it's personal branding, social media, SEO, it doesn't matter. Because in that, that's, that's your roadmap. That's your footprint. That's your actionable sequential plan about how you're going to develop you know, nurture, build, and protect a personal brand. So that's kind of a number one. And then from that, just like a traditional digital marketing plan, then execution follows, right? So execution can be anything from the build of a personal website. At least a hundred times I've done massaging or enhancing or optimizing of social profiles for clients because maybe they don't want to yet invest in a personal brand website. And hey, that's fine because they already have at least some audience that they can serve, right? And it's low-hanging fruit. So, you know, so there's that. So it's, it's building their visual assets, their digital assets, their profiles. And then it's about driving traffic, building an audience. So that could take, I mean, for our personal brand clients, we deploy similar tactics in terms of search marketing, social media, online PR, integrated marketing, right? If you're a personal brand and you're talking about visibility, that can go in a number of ways. I've had clients that have been super successful because they're great writers. And they never get on stage or never get in front of a camera. It's fine. Other clients, that they are out there, you know, all the time speaking on stages, but it's about which audience, you know, like which audience is actually the most important piece, but it's an ongoing effort. It's an ongoing effort and you have to have the strategy first because that delivers the focus so that you're not out there wasting your time and money speaking to audiences where it just, it doesn't matter. So it's a good investment. You know, I mean, I have a, a client of mine who's publishing her first book. I think it's, I'm very excited about it. And um, you know, she's now finally, it's been about been working with her for almost two years in the pharma space. But she's now at the point where she's getting paid what she's worth as a paid speaker. She's very well known now. She writes for Inc. Magazine. She writes for the Huffington Post. But it's, you know, it's taken almost two years to get there. It wasn't, it's not overnight. You know, it's an investment.
0: So, you know, in terms of where to start with that strategy, how much of it is based around goals? How much of it is it based around sort of personality and what people are going to be good at? How much of it is sort of like that practical and how much of it is sort of, I guess, aspirational?
1: It's a good question. I have different clients. Some like are almost militant and I love them. They know exactly what they want. They have goals, matrices, and they have a corporate background, right? They've been developed this way. So they come with specific goals and then it's a matter of understanding how I'm going to create their persona around those goals and help them to understand if those goals are achievable, achievable. And then plan for how long it's going to take to achieve those goals, right? Where I have many other clients or individuals I've seen that don't really have goals. They just are a unique person, let's say, and they want to build a brand and they need visibility and they think that what they have, no one else has. And that's the only way you can actually be successful anyway with personal branding. You really have to believe in yourself. I mean, you really, really do. Because there's competition in everything.
0: You know, can people really focus on just a single kind of vertical? Like, could they do only a podcast or only a social channel or only speaking? Or are they going to have to do multiple things, multiple kind of tactics to, towards their, to whatever their strategic goals
1: are? I tend to look at tactics, not just like one and done and move on to the next. It's, it's more about executing on those tactics and kind of monitoring and managing those tactics towards success so I try not to have my clients doing a million things at once. I can, I mean, that's no problem, <laughs> but, um, but for them, no, you know? So for example, like the client that I was you about, who's now, you know, very successful in publishing her book, we had a very, very specific speaking path for her with very specific audiences and kept tweaking and tweaking and tweaking and tweaking, 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 tweaking topics, content calendar, frequency, content types, cities, uh, audiences, conference. I mean, when I tell you, like con- tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak, all around speaking, that was it. Particular
0: channels that are most effective, you yeah. know, is, are, should they be really focusing on LinkedIn? Should they be really focusing on content like a, a podcast or a blog of some sort? Should they be looking for mainstream media? Uh, not necessarily placement where they're getting a comment, but, uh, you know, actually writing articles and getting articles placed. You know, are there
1: particular... Methods that are more effective that you see for service professionals. You know, what I've seen work just, I think, almost like any other marketing plan is once you have the strategy with that research, you understand where the audience is and what makes sense. So it's about being tactical about where you're going to present yourself, whom you're going to approach, who you're going to spend your time with is, is critically important. You know, when it comes to that, you could have all the tactics in the world, but at the end of the day. That's what it's about. So we call it building a social ecosystem where, you know, you're the center, you're the hub and you want the right people around you, whether that's when you're at a conference, whether that's when you're, you know, a panelist on a webinar or you're on a podcast or you're commenting in social media. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter, but that's the first critical piece of it. And that's so when we talk about personal branding, isn't it just like strategy and execution? It's about strategy, execution, monitoring, 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 monitoring is a daily piece of, of this. That's I think really critical that people understand because without it, they're just going to get frustrated and not understand that it, it, you, when you're talking about personal branding, you're talking about a marketing effort, and we know some things work better than others. Like, I, obviously, because, you know, I have a strategic partner that's a district book distribution company, you know, I have a formula for authors, right? I have a formula for speakers because I understand it. But some things work better than others. And also, you know, every, the whole point of personal branding is everyone is different. So their personality may work. Uh, some people may work better on camera. Some people may work better commenting and writing all day. And again, you know, what I find in working with my clients is they're all busy and they're only going to spend their time on things that they feel, that they gravitate towards and they feel natural about. So a lot of them, they don't want to touch social media. They're like, Jasmine, just handle it. You know, it's not what I want to do. Just feed me my opportunities and I'll comment on them. Whereas others, you know, might dive right in and, and write like a series of articles. So it really depends on the person. The other piece is for each type of industry and business. It's about where they're serving. A lot of the work that we do in online PR is understanding what industry publications matter. What conferences do they speak at, right? What type of um, leadership role do they take within the association? That's really, really important actually. Never mind LinkedIn, let's start with that. So I, you know, I try my best to leverage where they already are so there's no disconnect between a new audience, maybe. And that's what, you know, a professional marketer does. It has to really understand the audience. So there might be forums, discussion boards, things that people wouldn't think of. They're not major social channels, like communities on Google+, let's say, or channels on YouTube, you know, that maybe we could leverage running an ad before or after a video or something like that. But it's really about like, where, where is the audience? But B2B, you know, obviously I get involved with Things like Harvard Business Review and Wall Street Journal and, you know, Fortune and Forbes. I mean, these are obvious ones. But I think when you're talking about law firms, you're talking about industry specific, like looking at the bar. They have events going on all the time. So what are they doing to influence their peers? Because as we know in business, you know, a lot of referrals, especially if you take legal, there's so many disciplines of legal that many times law firms can refer business to each other.
0: You know, you you talk on your website a lot about social selling. Could you expand on that here and how that applies, particularly in an industry like legal, where there is a hesitancy to sell?
1: What we've been talking about so far, is social branding precedes social selling. So first you build a brand. And <clears throat> why do you build a brand? Because it makes it that much easier and more comfortable for you to quote unquote sell. So when we talk about social selling, we talk about developing relationships, listening and supporting. It's not about calling somebody and saying, Hey, buy this. <laughs> it's actually the opposite. So what, in, what I've talked about the context of social selling has to do with, Hey, now you've built this brand. Let's just take LinkedIn. Cause I do so much work on LinkedIn as baby step for lawyers. Let's just take LinkedIn. So you've built a brand, let's say you have an optimized profile. It's engaging, right? Okay. And you've just started to create a network that makes sense. Now your job, let's say you only have 500 connections. I'll just throw that number out there. Now your job in social selling is to be that support system for those 500 connections. So what that means for you as a lawyer, frankly, it's pretty easy. You know, you see a conference that might interest somebody in your network. Share that with them. You see an article, something that's trending in the news that you think can help somebody with their business that's in your network, right? They put out something, you think it's interesting, and maybe you wanna share that with someone else in your network. You wanna refer people, which I have been doing since 2004 on LinkedIn, and I'm always telling people please do that because that's what LinkedIn is for. So you wanna refer somebody on LinkedIn easy, share a profile, okay? Make it a warm introduction. Respond to things, comment, congratulate, add value. These are all things that aren't hard sells, and they're not out of the context of what you would do anyway. Um, so those are just some th- things that you could do on a daily basis that support social selling. And really what you're doing is, if you look at you know, a traditional B2B sales cycle, that's the nurturing piece. You've identified the lead. The lead could be not even a direct client. It could be an influencer. So let's say, okay, you're a lawyer. Maybe you work with bankers, maybe you work with accountants, right? So how are you supporting these guys in your network? This is a very easy way for them to start. You also talked about your role in the
0: process. Mm -hmm. How important is it for for someone who wants to build a personal brand to have some help? You know, to what extent can they do this on their own and to what extent are they going to get better return? by having a professional help them.
1: Okay, so let me ask you this, (laughs) because I get asked this question all the time. How many, so, and you do photography, right? Yeah. (laughs) So, how many more clients would you get from you saying, I'm the best photographer, to me saying, Mike's the best photographer, right?
0: I would get far more if you- Which I will do after
1: this podcast, (laughs) of course. (laughs) But no, seriously speaking. Right. you know, you, you need to have, it's just like a company. You need to have advocates out there for you. That's one. And that's only, and that's only the promotional part. Now let's talk about building the personal brand. (laughs) Well, you could spend, first of all, many people that start building their own personal brands or executive brands in this case, they don't know what the formula is, right? We've lightly touched on it today. They don't know how to build a strategy. They don't know that. So they're going to go waste time and then they're going to get frustrated. So they're going to say, "Oh, I put—I've heard this so many times. Oh, I put money into LinkedIn advertising. I put money into Facebook advertising. Or I put time into blah blah blah. What are what are they did? And they don't see results, right? That's when you turn to a professional because unless if you want to build a brand and you try to do it on your own, it just it does it's it doesn't make sense to me. It's like every, you know many times because a lot of the work that I do in branding um, has a connect with IP law." And many times when I'm consulting for clients, non-lawyers, they'll say, oh, can you advise me on what to put out there? How I should protect this? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. Go call a lawyer. It happens to me all the time. I'm not a lawyer. I don't want to be a lawyer. If you're serious, if you're just like playing with a personal brand, that's fine. But if you're serious about building a brand then I would say you should have a professional to do all the things that we talked about today, right? Strategy, the content, forget it. We know how much work it is, time and money. And you have to do it right. You have to have the right equipment, like today, right? you got to know how to use it. (laughs) There's so much to it. It's an investment, but as I addressed before, there's multiple benefits.
0: And just a bit about the investment. Yeah. How much should people budget in terms of time and money, really, to making something like this happen? Not so much in terms of how long it will take to see results, But how much on a month-to-month basis do they really have to put in, in terms of either investing in the content or investing in the strategic guidance or investing their time in doing these things? What does it take to really do this?
1: If you're really serious about it, you're going to invest like a minimum of $3,000 a month. Some of my clients invest up to $10,000 a month. And then it wanes, you know what I'm saying? Because we'll do things like, forget it, like the book and publish, writing a book, we ghostwrite. So writing a book and publishing a book, they better have $50,000 or we can't work with them, you know, and that's going to get them all over the map. It's a big deal, right? They want TV exposure, you know, they're going to have $20,000, $30,000 for that. They want a personal brand website, you know, that could be, that's not so bad. Maybe it's like $5,000, but there's definitely an expense. You know, I look at some of like the annual spends and I look at it as the same as, if you're running a small business in digital marketing, what would that cost be? And I've obviously done the metrics and you know, most companies spend like ones that are moving forward, at least hundred K a year on all things in, you know what I'm saying? Time, time is important in two ways. So one is listening. I think more executives could get better results if they listened better. You know, because they're in such a hurry many times to get things done. But this is their brand, their brand. So they gotta really treat it like that. So I think listening, engaging, asking questions, my best clients are the ones that come to me. Should I do this? What do you think about this? You know, and we it, we're almost at the point where we're friends. We can have a conversation instead of, oh, you know, just go handle this. Because it's not that type of thing. Some of it is. But not all of it is. And they have to approve things. It's their brand. (laughs) You know, what can I say?
0: Um, How much time will they spend actually engaging, not just engaging with you, but like engaging with if they're writing content, if they're whatever they're doing. Yeah. How much how much time should they expect to spend doing that? Because I know that's one thing, lawyers especially, if they're not billing. Time is money. Yeah.
1: I mean, at least a couple hours a week. I'll put it at that. They'll do better than the other guys that aren't doing anything. I hear that all the time. Oh, well, I don't have the time for that. Okay. Well, somebody's going to beat you. You've got to make time for what matters. And people do make time for what matters. The important thing to understand is that it can work. That's it.
0: So I wanted to close with, with this. If someone was really looking to drive their own practice forward, and they wanted to do it by, by really building out their own personal executive partner brand what is the first thing that they really should be doing like what's the number one thing that they should think about first in
1: doing that I think first is understand what personal branding is and be able to commit some time to it honestly because I can't get past that with some some people you know so that's actually the first thing they have to say that it's important and they have to say yes I can spend a little bit of time on this Otherwise they're not gonna do it. Okay, so that's one. And then once they do that, then they, it's good if they can do some introspection and even asking their colleagues, what's, how am I different? You know, what's my unique area of focus? And does that resonate with me? So thinking about where they're going to focus and what does that look like? So my clients, like I said, they're just ready to go. I wanna be a paid speaker. I wanna, you know, I had a client, I got them on a TED talk. That's what I wanna do. Okay, good. Some people don't have any idea. So I would think if you have some ideas, it's better and being reasonable about it. Those are the first things that they actually have to do.
0: Even though that was supposed to be the close, I'm going to follow up on that. You talked about being reasonable there. What does that mean, being reasonable?
1: Oh, yeah. Being reasonable means that, first of all, that it takes time to get results. That just like uh, the work that we do in social media management, I always say there's lightweight results and then there's the real deal results. So you might want want to think about getting a lot of lightweight results before you get real deal results. Meaning, a like, a share of a piece of content. That's a light for me. That's a lightweight KPI or social media metric, versus someone actually engaging, feel, you know, subscribing to your newsletter. That might be more heavyweight. So thinking about what is reasonable in terms of results. That's that's just critical. Again, it's 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 about setting. Like when I sit down with a client. I help to set expectations because people, you know, they don't know what to expect because they haven't done it before. So I think being reasonable and kind of having an idea of what you want. And that's why I think someone that's a senior level partner, they're smart. They're not going to, and especially lawyers, I think are conservative. They're not going to be that unreasonable. Um, so it's, it's good to kind of list out what you think you want your goals to be.
0: Uh, would that be a good starting point then?
1: I think that's a very good starting point. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that's, that's a great close then. Step number one, list out your goals.
1: Step number one, list out your goals, yeah.
0: And for more steps, we'll uh, put a link to your personal branding checklist. I thought that was a very great, succinct summation of, of the process and sort of what it takes to commit to doing something like this. Jasmine, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Legal Marketing Studio podcast.
1: You're welcome. I loved it.
0: And thank you to our listeners who've joined us for this episode. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. The Legal Marketing Studio can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. And wherever you find us, please like the episode or leave a review. Extended content, including photographs and links. We mentioned the checklist. Those can be found on our website, legalmarketing.studio. Note that there's no .com. It is just legalmarketing.studio. The Legal Marketing Studio is a production of Picture More Business, a full-service corporate photography studio focused on the legal industry, based in Brooklyn, New York, and working with clients nationally. If your firm is updating its website, hiring new attorneys, or revamping its brand and marketing materials, please give us a call. We'd love to explore collaborative opportunities. More information can be found at picturemorebusiness.com. That's all for this episode. Thanks so much for listening.